What's going on, cool Christian nerd community? This is your host, your brother, from another mother but the same Heavenly Father, Jamie Centeno. This podcast will help you to be the smart one in what matters in any social gathering you're in while keeping your cool factor. Now, how's this going to go down? I thought I'd hit up some of the smartest, most experienced, most keeping it real people I know to talk about subjects they are prolific in and that matter. If you are a younger believer still working out how you are seeing the world and wondering how a person of faith should engage it, this is the podcast for you. I want to keep it brief but beefy with helpful info. Let's go. Today I'll be talking with Adam Lavecki. He is the founder of We See Jesus Ministries and the lead pastor of Rescue Church. He is also an author of a growing number of books. Check out our combo. Hey, everybody. I am on the line with Adam Lavecki. How you doing, man? How was your week so far? Talk hey, Pastor about- Jamie. It's great to be with you. Yeah, the week is going good. The days are full, but they're full of purpose. And so that... that um makes days that are full easier to bear so to speak i got you man what do your tuesdays usually look like when you when you get into tuesday do you usually take off mondays or is it a different day of the week no monday would be almost um an impossible day almost for me personally to take off so i got meaningful monday and i bench press with one of the guys in my church my buddy will that's Monday. And then Monday night, we have a small group. Tuesday, I have a meeting with my pastor and a bunch of pastors regionally where we're together in a non-formal setting for coffee. And, uh, you know, we share what's going on. And uh, it's a really free format, but it's very authentic, very real, uh, built for relationship and stuff like that. So that's what Tuesday is usually about. That's neat. That's yeah. neat, man. Well, man, we are talking about this subject today. I sent it to you, and I wanted to talk about the holy hustle. (laughs) (laughs) I I just made it up. I don't know. I just said, man, this guy (laughs) is one of the guys I know that has got this great hustle going on, but it's for God. Yeah. And it's the great things that he has. And so, yeah, man, when I see you, I see someone who's hustling just to empty yourself on what God has called you to do. So you man, between books that you're writing, mission trips, you're going to, uh, to Haiti, the church planning thing you got going on, your growing family, and you even get time to do some weightlifting and self-care. Yeah. Where does that all come from? How do you, how do you got that hustle? Yeah. So I think that the hustle becomes holy as we grow and as God mm-hmm. sanctifies our motives and our ambitions. And um, so I definitely think that as we walk with God, it, it becomes more pure, hopefully. And um, God checks our motives and we have good people around us to to check all that. But it all for me is centered around, you know, my relationship with God and, and me being and spending time with God and being in his presence. And so from that place, I create um, rhythms, so to speak, where yeah. I'm intentional about um, spending time with the Lord every day. I'm intentional about journaling. Journaling makes me more aware of what God is up to in my life and in the life of those around me who I'm responsible to care for and to lead. So that's something that really helps me to stay tender 
I feel like if we if we learn to remember, uh, we'll stay tender. And so that Ooh. that's something real important for me. And then I try to set aside Wednesdays for my day off, which is an awkward day off because it's hardly anyone else's day off, which is why I took it for a day off. So I try to, you know, sleep in, don't set an alarm clock. I try to just rest. Then I spend time with the Lord, read, just do things that refuel me. And then Wednesday night is an intentional family night where my wife and kids look forward to us all being together. So that's kind of like a Selah in the midst of my week, because I realized that Monday for me wasn't the best day to try to take off. So once I set those um, rhythms, so to speak, that helps um, me pace myself and, um, and, and just stay focused on the things that I need to be focused on. Yeah, that's good. I mean, what was it like even prior to Christ? Do, was that something that came after that? Or was it something that you always had in you to be like grinding and, and, and getting things done? Yeah, even before I was a Christian, I kind of was like a, a type A person. Like I was like into drugs and bad stuff, but I was a motivated kind of a person who even if I had a rough night, you know, I'd get a B12 in my system, a cup of coffee, and I'd go to work. Um, mm-hmm. So so that was kind of like, um, you know, my little bit of kind of, you know, where I come from in terms of family and that type of a mindset. So, um, so yeah, I would say that I was always kind of like a little bit driven in the sense of, you know, I was always about something, but um, when I, when I became Christian, you know, God sanctified it and matured it. And then it wasn't about me being driven. It was more about me being led. And then as you walk with God, he checks your motives and, and purifies your ambitions and asks you, why are you saying, or why are you doing things? And, and that, that's part of the growth process. But yeah, I, I was always someone who, who felt like I was on some sort of a mission, whether it was for myself or God, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that makes sense. You just kind of <laughs> yeah. brought it over. So I'm glad you didn't get when you crossed over. You didn't like get lazy. Yeah, no. You just kind of sit back. It definitely no. brought it over into the next thing, which is more helpful to the kingdom. So, yeah, yeah. Well, l- let me throw this at you, man. Um, I find myself at times, I can get like annoyed at like how certain people are actually hustling to the point that I, what I'm seeing, what they're doing, I can actually become paralyzed in what I'm doing because what I, it appears that they're doing, like how I'm discerning them. So I can discern that in people's hustle, they're really just having a lot of self-promotion. I feel yes. like it's, it's, it's a lot about more about the self. Yeah. And, and, and because of me, when I see that, I'm almost like, man, I, I don't want to be like what I'm discerning. And, and so I just kind of almost stop, you know, from doing certain things. And for me, self-promotion is like they're pointing more to themselves than they're pointing at what they can be doing for others or, you know, just, just elevating some other cause. So anyway, I mean, hopefully you get that thought, but is that a cool or uncool way of looking at it when it comes to, you know, uh, as far as the, the hustle of other people being more self-promotional. Yeah, so I, I would say it's not cool in the sense that if I stay focused on what others are doing, then I react to what they're doing and I spend my time on focusing on what I don't want to be instead of who I want to be. Right. 
so so I've I've struggled with the exact same thing and I've paid the price too for that because give you an example I was in a church you know preaching and um you've written some books and stuff and so they were telling us about a preacher that went in there and all he did is talk about his book his book his book his book his book and so I kind of stopped them because I I knew that the person really wasn't a bad guy and I said to them I said you know let me just help you understand this guy is probably about 15,000 in the hole for this book and he believes that God gave him a book to write and he gave him a word and so he's trying to get it out there but he's also feeling the pressure of, you know, the economics of, you know, you owe $15,000 on a book. And so mm. you're trying to sell them. You're trying to either pay off debt or get your money back, depending. But either way, you know, you're in the hole for, for a book. And so I've, I've swung to the opposite where I've paid the price. And I haven't actually talked about what we're up to enough. But I would rather build slowly and over the long term build relationships and build trust then try to push a book and give people a bad taste. But, yeah. I, but I know exactly what you're saying about when people are pushing themselves more than Jesus or what they're doing. Um, I, I think that that's something that I'm so thankful for my pastor, you know, because he, he really has checked me and he's really let me know, you know, that when you go and you stand in a pulpit, you're going there to bless what God is doing and to build what, what they're doing and to encourage them. You're not going there for you, you know? Yeah. Or your thing or your stuff. Like that's the wrong um, spirit in which to operate in. That's not the spirit of Christ. So I'm thankful for people who've checked me. I'm thankful obviously for the Holy spirit, but yeah, I totally see how that's not cool in the sense of there's a lot of, of that. And, and, you know, as you know, like the more I traveled and seen that stuff, the more I wanted to plant a church. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's stable with some stuff. Yeah, so I get it. Um, I, I think there's times where I've, I really see people make an awareness to a thing that they're doing or something that they've created. And that awareness is it's just they've presented it in such a way that it's so attractive. It's like low pressure but really intriguing. And so it just, you know, I buy into stuff like that. But there's other times where I don't know what it is. Just I just want to know that I'm not the one doing that. I don't want to be yeah. that guy. No. And yeah. And sometimes we have to be aware of something so that we don't do it. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. Christians, here's one of the things about us as believers. We love Jesus. We know we're loved by Jesus. So we have a, an assumption that our motives are always right because we think we're doing the right thing. And so many times Christians are really not self-aware of their own motives. And so they could be doing the right thing, but the reasons aren't right. And so our core assumption of ourselves generally is we're doing the right thing for the right reasons, which is dangerous. And that's why it's critical to have authentic, real relationships where there's trust, where someone could ask us, Hey, why are you saying that? Or why are you doing that? Or, you know, you did actually speak like way too long about your book, you know, like, mm -hmm. I think that's critical. You know, I want relationships like that, you know? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we need others. So do you have any tips on um, just having a hustle, but not an agenda? You get what I'm saying by that? Totally. Like, you can, we want people to grind. We want people to be moving some stuff forward, pushing the kingdom forward and advancing, but not having this agenda piece what are tips 
that you might have for that. Yeah, I, I think I can even share just from my own life. I, I believe that when I started out in, in ministry and in preaching, it's like I love what I was saying more than the people I was speaking to. Hmm. And that was something that God checked over time. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, my heart was sincere, as sincere as I, you know, as, as what I knew. But as the Lord graciously and patiently deals with us, you know, through his spirit, through his word, through his people, and, and through, you know, us even asking ourselves, why are we saying or why are we doing things that I think that 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 helps to purify um, us in what we're doing. And I think, you know, as a pastor or as a leader, as a speaker, as a creative, us asking for feedback from trusted people, I think is essential to us really being able to maximize what we're doing and remain pure in what we're doing. So for me, I think that that's a, that's a critical thing. Um, and I think too, just another practical, I think that when you don't cast your cares on the Lord, you can stand in a pulpit or stand at a book table or stand somewhere and you can be so worried about the bottom line and the needs that you have that you project and you push things in a way that's unhealthy because you're really not trusting the Lord. So if your confidence and trust is in the Lord, you don't have to be like, you don't have to overkill it. Like, for example, let me tell you, when, um, when my wife and I were traveling a lot, we, we went to go look at a, a truck and I, and I wanted to get a, an Escalade and a used one. So I said to her, I said, Sarah, I want to just tell you that if we get in this car, we're going to buy it. So don't even think about getting in this <laughs> car with me if we're not prepared to buy it. Because I knew once you sit in those captain chairs, the guy doesn't have to sell the car. <laughs> you know, it's something that is good and safe and strong and sturdy. It's it, it, it just in and of itself, you experiencing it, you know, you, you want to embrace that and you want to, you want to buy into that. You yeah. Know? <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I just recently um, had an apostle come to our church and he's done what few people have done in that when he came, his whole attitude was, Hey man, I want to build what you're building. I want to help that. Yeah. That's my whole point and purpose of being here. So, you know, you let me know, you, 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 you kind of give me some um, guide points on what it is that I can do to help you build while yeah. I'm here. Yeah. And very few do that. It's, it's a lot of people, for me, the agenda that they have is they're, they're, they're the product. They're not people. They're actually more of a product. Like I yeah. go to you for yeah. healing. I go for you for the prophetic word. I go for you for this or that. And I'm not taking away from the gift that yeah. a person carries, but I'm just worried that they become the product of yeah. more than they become to build what it is that is is you know there to be built yeah i totally um 100 identify with that concern and i see that and i think that we have um kind of moved um so i think the way i look at modern church is i look at it is there's either an equipping model that's really built on community discipleship gospel movement or there is an entertainment model. Mm -hmm. And so in sometimes the pursuit of excellence, 
and the desire to do things well and to reach people, we can almost move into a religious goods and services type of thing. Yeah. Where the motive isn't bad. The motive is Jesus and people. But I think that we can almost subtly put too much pressure on things that don't matter as much because in our culture, unfortunately, things matter that don't really matter. Yeah. So that to me is the concern. And I think one of the best ways personally just for me to fight through that and to break in on that is exactly what that apostle did is him asking you, how can I stand with you and help you build what God has called you you to build versus me coming to present myself to you in the name of Jesus? <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's a whole different ball game. And I think that that's probably, I would say it's probably an older and a more mature man who's seasoned um, and he probably understands the pains of being a pastor and the struggles that, that it is to actually care for people. So he's more sensitized to, you know, the needs of people than someone that's out there booking their schedule, trying to sell books and move CDs and, and you know, and book meetings. Yeah, it's, it, it, there's something like when a person doesn't need a platform, that they come with a different posture and heart. It's when people are chasing the platform, like you said, whether it, it almost becomes a more entertainment model. Yeah. And um, that's dangerous because we're talking about a holy hustle, but there can be an unholy hustle. Yes. And so we have to be able to distinguish because some people might not be, might be thinking just a hustle is a hustle and it's good because you're doing something for God, but you can do it in such a way that it kind of takes away from what maybe God wants to do through you to, for others. So there's, I mean, let's, let me talk about this. Let me ask you this. There's so many people, I think, especially like artist types, they can be yeah. emotional sprinters. Yes. But rarely do they do well at the long haul grind of seeing something through. So how do we help these emotionally driven people still keep going when they don't feel like it? Yeah, that's a that's a fabulous question. I think generally speaking, creatives generally do lack discipline because they really major in inspiration and they minor in perspiration. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but I think that as the role of senior leadership and as we establish community in a correct way, we get to encourage and challenge people to stick to what they said they were going to do. And so to me, that's the sign of a leader. A leader is not just someone um, who has ideas or ideals, but a leader is someone who starts something and follows through with it and sticks it out, even if it doesn't end up quite as they intended it to be. Because, I mean, you know that when we start a project or when we start something, there are times where it ends up way better than we thought. And there are times where it ends up as we thought. And then there's other times where it doesn't end up as we thought. And so I think that, it's critical to follow through on something, even if we don't get the intended results or even if it doesn't succeed as we thought it would. But I think just for our own growth, that's something that's critical. So I would say to creatives, it's especially important for you to find yourself within a community of people who you've given permission to hold you accountable for the gifts and the talents that God has created you to, you know, to, that God has given you. Mm -hmm. so that you could continue to walk that out. But I also think creatives need to be in a bigger context, not like freeloaders, freeloaners, like 
freelancers always, you know, doing the next thing, yeah. but actually a part of a bigger mission that actually puts not pressure in a manipulative way, but pressure in a good way on them where maybe they don't feel inspired all the time, but they still have a deadline. And so they're expected to do their best and to put their best foot forward consistently with a deadline which will continue to foster and actually nurture and actually grow their gifting of creativity. Um, I, I think that that's really important. I think that there's actually some creativity that's actually released through persistence. And, yeah. and, and so I, I, I would say like, even with writer's block, like I've hit it, you know, I get up, I go old school, I get Pentecostal, I speak in tongues, I pace mm -hmm. around the room and I, <laughs> I get a cup of coffee and I go back after it. You know, even if the paragraph or that page doesn't turn out as I want, I want to push past that. Maybe I need to revisit it the next day, you know, but but you have to you have to push past that if you're going to really grow in um, creatively communicating, whether it's through art or through music or, or painting or whatever it is, you know, you got to push through no. that. That's really good. Um, I, I think about the structure that something can have for them as well. Like if you're around structure, it does put you in a place where you have to be a little bit more disciplined in your craft or what you're being asked to do. Yeah, That's why for me, man, I'm, I'm not a micromanager. I like to give tasks and to like we're working on something together and, and people have an idea of what they're, you know, needing to do to move forward in it. But I have found that the more creative types will start something with this zeal. Yes. But then you'll you'll see it for a couple of minutes, but the completed finished product yeah. sometimes is something that you never see. So what I've done is I've actually had to write down uh, what it is that I asked and then to later on look at him like, man, where how's that going anyway? Where is that anyway to follow up? Uh, for those people because like I said I'm not necessarily like I'm not I'm not looking over your shoulder I'm trusting that you're going to have the discipline and the know-how to you know finish it up if not you know reach out and and let's find a way together to make it happen yeah so yeah it's, it's a trip but yeah there, there's some people that are probably just starting out wanting to get their holy hustle that are listening to this podcast yep um I want you to talk to them. They might be like the young millennial out there that typically, not all of them, but typically the young millennial or, or that type has more ideas than they have drive or, you know, the, the kind of that finishing, uh, yeah. finishing uh, work that they do. So how would you suggest we reverse engineer them to have more drive than ideas? Yeah, that's a good to, to me. An idea in an ideal is a fantasy unless you have the discipline to follow it through and finish what you started. So that's that's one thing. But what I would do if I was a young millennial is I would be slow to speak. I would be quick to hear uh, when I was young. Often I was the one talking when in reality I should have been the one listening. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot of my lessons the hard way, you know. So um, mm. I, I would pursue relationships with people who are further along at who I want to be and what I want to do. And I would ask them a lot of questions and I would see if I could serve what they're doing and get inside their head. And I would ask a lot of questions to other creatives who are further along, who 
display more character and more discipline and more follow through because there's a there's creatives are a dime a dozen you know but but the ones who have the discipline to follow through those are the ones who really really wind up being successful um, at at whatever they're called to be or do whether it's within church or within you know the world or it's obviously serving the purpose of the kingdom that's the context of what we're talking about but ultimately the the people who are successful are the ones who can follow through and who have discipline um there's a navy seal his name is jocko willick he says this discipline equals freedom and so Mm. many times young people think that discipline means control yeah but it's actually the opposite. It's actually discipline equals freedom. And mm. so one of the things that I, I do in terms of because I lift weights and I don't do it competitively. I just do it for me, for health, for just to be strong and just have fun. But I lift with all people who are stronger than me. So mm-hmm. all my buddies that I live with pretty much are stronger than me. So by me being around stronger people, that just makes me stronger just being there. So right. that's what I would say to young millennials. I would say get around people who are further than you. One time the Lord told me, if you want to cut your problems in half, hang out with people who are double your age. Wow. So, so that's something that I would do because sometimes a millennial will look at, you know, 40-year-old graphic artist or 42-year-old and go, yeah, he kind of lacks, you know, the creativity and he doesn't get what's happening right now. Yeah, but he's been doing it for 20 years and he's made a career out of it and you have a bunch of ideas and ideals. And it's really a fantasy. He's taken that fantasy and made it the reality for the last 20 years. Yeah, that's good. So so it's like I would say that. And sometimes when young people look for a mentor, they're looking for some guy in a pulpit or some famous person, mm-hmm. not realizing there's someone right next to them, you know, three seats over that can really help bring them forward in their life. Absolutely. And, um, yep. I think actually, though, to be honest, when you have character – I think that your imagination and your creativity is even more pure. There you go. That's good. Wow, that's good stuff, man. I I had somebody just this last week or so that has actually, um, through some advice of others, you know, they're part of our church that wanted to just, you know, sit down and learn a little bit more about leadership through me. Um, Realizing that that was an area of lack and that's an area that I'm, strong in and so they just wanted to you know glean and I encourage them in different things one of the things I encourage them is find you know something to lead that's in my proximity and a lot of stuff comes with the territory because I'm leading leaders that are in my proximity of what we're doing together and um, you know we can do that through sit down and talk but there's a hands-on approach yeah, I really like to I, I like to help people with once they, yeah. you know, are in in something I can really I can ingrain lessons in them that go with their experience. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that's that's great advice. Yeah. Last thought and that last question is, what do you have to say to the statement all work and no play? Yeah, no good. No good. And, right. and I would say it's not cool. And the reason I don't think it's cool is because. If you think about this, this is a profound, uh, just a profound reality. In the natural created order, one third of the earth is desert. Mm-hmm. Okay, so within the, you know, the, the terrain of earth, 
one third of it is basically land that really in, in, in a sense we think of it as wasteland or it's something that doesn't produce anything, but it seems that it's just kind of at a place of rest, so to speak. Okay. We have uh, 24 hours in a day. We're supposed to sleep eight hours a night, roughly. Mm-hmm. So that means that almost one third of our life is spent sleeping. Hmm. Yeah. So the idea that if you don't rest well, you will not be able to work hard enough. Right. You will not be able to, you know, work long enough. And if you don't pace yourself, you will not be able to finish your course. So for me, I, I am I, running with patience that there's, you know, first of all, the focus is looking unto Jesus and then running with patience. Like, how do you run with patience? You pace yourself. You stay focused on Jesus, but you pace yourself. So you run with patience. Perseverance is patience in motion. So that means that I'm persevering patiently. I'm embracing the process of staying focused on Jesus, yet moving forward daily, patiently. And, yeah. and if I'm impatient, that means I can't rest. If I don't hmm. trust God, it means I can't rest. So for me, he's not just the Lord of the harvest, but he's also the Lord of the Sabbath. So he's not only the Lord of work, but he's also just as much Lord when I'm resting as when I'm working. In fact, yeah. I'll tell you what happened to me the other day. This happens to me all the time with weird stuff. Like I, I, on Sunday, I just come home, you know, after preaching, I take a nap. I wake up, my wife wakes me up. She goes, oh, someone just donated $2,000 to the Honduras Water Project. So I'm resting. The Lord's working on my behalf. There you go. And, and that's, that's an important principle because, you know, just a few days earlier, I'm sending out emails. I'm sharing stuff on Instagram. I'm sharing stuff on Facebook. You know, three, four hundred dollars come in fine, great, happy, thankful. But I'm just taking. While I'm resting, God is working. Yeah. And, yeah we... and, and think of the principle Sabbath. Sabbath was before sin. Right. Right. So that's that's, that's that's a really, really, to me, it's a very, very critical piece. If I'm not rested well, I can't go hard. Yeah, the, I mean, the word recreation is like recreation. Yeah. Where we we're able to be refreshed and renewed and and create something through rest or even through play. Sometimes there's yeah. things that we can enjoy and in a sense, revive, revitalize our soul and our ability to keep on the holy grind. Yeah. Man, love it, bro. Good, good thoughts. Good nuggets. I know people are going to just benefit from this dialogue that we just had. So how can people check you out and what you're doing? Any websites, uh, social media? What, what do you got? Yeah. So if people want to follow me on Instagram, it's. Instagram and Twitter is Adam at, you know, at Adam, A-D-A-M, Levecki, L-I-V-E-C-C-H-I. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. And the church is rescuechurch.tv. And the ministry is wecjesusministries.com. And I have a blog, adamlevecki.com, which I'm adding to uh, periodically. But there's definitely stuff on there, a lot of practical stuff. So what we're doing kind of internationally is on the ministry site. What we're doing locally is on the church site. And 
a lot of practical stuff is on uh, the blog. So yeah, that's how people can connect. Appreciate it, man. Thank you again for the rich conversation on this Holy Hustle show. We'll try to do some things in the future. There's so many topics we can talk about, but I really appreciate your insight on this one, man. I always enjoy being with you. I love you and your wife. You guys are special to us and uh, we love you. Appreciate it, man. Well, I'll talk to you soon. God bless. Once again, what a great conversation we had. I want you to come back again because we have some more cool Christian nerd topics to discuss. If you like this podcast and you want to see other people that you care about be a part of our cool Christian nerd tribe, share this with them. Till next time, this is Jamie Centeno reminding you it's smart to keep your cool. Peace.